Always keep them guessing. Yes. <laughs> I am Alan. Yes, you are. Joined by a man who's discovered that the old ski really wasn't ski. He was merely a ski trying to be the ski that everyone thought ski should be. Brent. <laughs> <laughs> and the cheap Jezebel that's ruining my life. Ski. Amen to that. <laughs> Today we're going to be going over uh, Season 7, Episode 6, Motherload. I believe Brent's going to be doing our recap today, correct? Yes. Okay. And it's a doozy. Is it? <laughs> if not, we would be rather surprised, would we not? Yeah. Well, we would really have to wing it. Meander through, folks. <laughs> like, well, I got some lines written down, so we'll kind of. Mix- I watched the show, yeah, so. We'll add the context yeah. in. Um, so. uh, sometimes I under deliver, sometimes I over deliver. This is an over delivery week. Uh, <laughs> I usually deliver, I think, just the right amount. Um, <laughs> Maternity doctors <laughs> like it to be just right as well. I what? Actually, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My drop percentage is low. <laughs> Firm. Have, you, have you seen the new season of Kids in the Hall? No, I have uh, not. I do want to. What is, so is that amazingly on good. Amazon? Yeah, yeah. Um, Dave Foley, in one of the skits, um, sketches, Dave Foley's a, um, you know, OBGYN, you know, delivery room doctor <laughs> yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And basically he spends the entire time, you know, uh, smoking a cigarette and talking about his uh, <laughs> drop percentage. Drop percentage. <laughs> and he was like, I, I only drop, you know, 60% of the kids highest in the hospital or lowest in the hospital. Like the lowest. best. He's, the, right. he's the best, whatever. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, most doctors drop 80, 90%, but <laughs> your baby's in good hands with me 60% of the time. <laughs> it's really, really funny. <laughs> um, oh, those guys! Yeah. Well, I have uh, I have a few listener interactions, but yeah. I'm actually going to try to uh, space them out. If anybody hasn't realized by now, mm-hmm. we frequently, not always, but frequently, will record multiple episodes in mm-hmm. a night, yeah. and so I'm going to space these out. So if you and these actually won't even be coming out for six, seven weeks from now, anyway. Nice. That's <laughs> the way I like it. So, <laughs> a little bit of a buffer so there. So it's going to have been a good. bit of time, yeah. Anyway, uh-huh. but. To all you future listeners, we love you and thank you. Uh, definitely, yeah. Um, and, and we'll reply to everything you send. And past <laughs> listeners. Not always that promptly, and mm-hmm. but it should almost always get mentioned on the on the episodes. Yeah. So you'll hear about it if you send us something. Yeah. I don't feel bad about that because even at the time of recording, this humor is not too fresh. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're all aren't missing much by waiting seven weeks. <laughs> right. Well, we got a, uh, the one I'll talk about this week, we got a message from CJ. Oh, hello, CJ. And he said, um, what about all the other Golden Girls spinoffs? The Golden Palace opens the door here. Mm. And I said, uh, I think I'll be good to make it to Golden Palace. Um, <laughs> and I can't imagine going through Empty Nest, Nurses, and Blossom. Although uh-huh. Blossom isn't technically a spinoff, yeah, yeah. but you know it is in the same universe. Yeah, yeah. And uh, But I'll see what my counterparts have to say about it. I'd watch Empty Nest. 
Would you? Mm-hmm. Um, well, he said that uh, what's great about the name of the podcast is it's just different enough to do other things like movies and still use cheesecake rating system. Did you mm-hmm. tell well, him that was part of your idea? Yeah. Well, I, I don't. I did not mention that in my reply to him, oh, but okay. uh, yeah. And he also sure. said that he had forgotten about Blossom, which again, mm-hmm. it, it's not really a spinoff. It's just that Sophia's appeared in it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, it's funny though because as we're talking about, you know, doing. Did Alf appear on Blossom? I think Alf did. So does oh, that yeah? mean Alf and so Golden Girls are in the same universe? The bridge is I, I, I suppose so. Mm-hmm. Um, if you consider Alf to be more than a fever dream. Because I believe it was a dream sequence that he was gotcha. in in Blossom. So that's a TV show that she watches. Yeah, something like that. Gotcha. Um, or he is a life form that visits you in the dreams, yeah. much like Freddy Krueger. I guess that makes sense because I think the Goldens talked about watching an episode of Alf. Or something at yeah. some point. That, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah. I think you're. I right. believe you're correct there too. Yeah. So though. Sounds right. Yeah, within the Golden Girls universe, everybody watches NBC shows exclusively. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because if we were going to say anything that's even referenced as part mm-hmm. of the Golden Girls universe, they do reference a lot of stuff. <laughs> so mm-hmm. then all of a sudden we'd be opening it up to Many quite things, a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it is funny though because he sends the message about. Uh, you know, adding more things on. Mm-hmm. And in all honesty, after last week's episode, I seriously considered just calling it and being done. <laughs> really? I was so agitated with Brent at the end of it. Why, what I do? Well, so it, I don't know if you guys recall. And again, I this, don't. This was just a, a week ago for our <laughs> listeners. But I had done a list of uh, death-related puns, okay? Oh, yeah. There was a list of, of 30 of these puns I had printed out, all right? So there's 30 <laughs> of these puns I printed out. And then Brent went through afterwards and he circled 14 puns, and I was like, oh, did you find ones you thought were better? And he's like, yeah, I found 14 I thought were better than the 10 that you chose off of this list of 30. And I was just so irritated about it. I was like, man, fuck this podcast. Really? <laughs> no, not quite. No, not really. I, I was agitated by it, but I was not oh, agitated no, I, enough to. I think, in all honesty, though, like. If, if, it just felt so passive aggressive to me. <laughs> no, I think, I think that's a good thing. Like, you know, <laughs> <Passive aggressiveness. laughs> I'm saying if I would have like went down the list mm-hmm. and I'd be like, yep, those are the 10 perfect ones. Right. Then basically you and I, one of us is redundant, you okay. know, but the fact that you and I each have a different thing that we sort of gravitate towards, mm-hmm. you know, it gives this podcast some diversity, some spice. I suppose, I suppose, but I think when you go through a list that someone has picked a third of that list already, and you uh-huh. say that third is wrong, and here is the rest, the better third, and these other four are even above that. I don't, know that it's, I don't know that it's a right or wrong thing. I mean, it's a subjective thing. Mm. I mean, it's not like we were going through and, you know. I would say the same about our friendship. I don't know if it's right or wrong. I'd say it's subjective. <laughs> <laughs> I would much rather you say it, it was subjective than you would say it was transactional. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually looking forward to my intro for next week. Yeah. Um, but that's a completely different story. There, there were a couple other things I thought about for this week's intro, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought about introducing uh, Brent as a man whose bottom half is as good as his top half. Um, and then I also considered... Uh, Introducing Ski as a uh, what was it? Oh, a clown fearing mama's boy. Thank you, thank you. Yes, clowns are terrifying. And one of you two, I also considered a man who has acknowledged he has a problem and is seeking help uh, <laughs> or is seeing someone about it. Yeah. So, but that's not true. No. Neither of you two have acknowledged your problems. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'll never see anyone. I of course have no problems. Uh, <laughs> I am the you know perfect mental 
picture of mental health. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, I would see somebody about mine, but I've yet to find somebody whose opinion I value more than my own. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I just make sure they don't give any list of jokes because then you'll <laughs> kick them out on their ass immediately. <laughs> They're really stuck in your craw. Uh, I mean, well, I, I apologize. You know, I didn't mean it in a, a slide or anything. It, it stuck in my craw for about a half an hour after, okay. but I just thought it would be funny to bring up now. Gotcha. <laughs> Two weeks gotcha. later. <laughs> um, but. Now, uh, one thing that uh, my wife brought up, we saw that we watched the episodes together. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, not to kill too much of the uh, plot here, but uh, they talk about health, um, sorry, mental health, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, she brought up the fact that your wife is, you know, a mental health specialist. Yeah, yeah she's a therapist. Yeah. And uh, suggested that she, like, chime in on this episode or at least give us some feedback after the fact. Do you think she'd be willing to do that? I mean, I, I'm sure if she watched the episode, she would be appalled by the therapist. He <laughs> um, <laughs> does very, break some ethics rules, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, and Sherry's very by the books. Um, and she's very good, I think, at what she does. She has clients that have been seeing her for a long time and um, and you know, people who she cycled through as well that she's kind of helped get through. Most people who seek, you know, help are, uh, I think in today's day and age, a lot of people look for mental health as uh, maintenance, uh-huh. you know, type yeah. things, which uh-huh. I think is really smart, yeah. especially if, yeah. you know, you struggle with anxiety or whatever. Exactly. You're not going to fix somebody, per se. You're just mm-hmm. helping them cope. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe get through something specific or something. Yeah, so I think Sherry's very good at her job, and she is definitely you know, crosses all the T's and dots all Mm -hmm. the I's when it comes to the Mm -hmm. ethical and legalities of things. But the doctor Mm -hmm. in this episode completely (laughs) flouted, yeah. I don't know what the HIPAA rules were back (laughs) in 1993, but they must have been a lot more lax. Or 91, I should say. It was like a hurdler, right? (laughs) Just right over those. He's definitely more ethical than the dentist we've seen. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. We, we are not aware of him fondling anybody while you know putting them under. Exactly. <laughs> he, he does offer to hug Dorothy later, though. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Who wouldn't? <laughs> so I don't have anything else. I don't think to add. Oh, I did have one little story to add. Um, yeah. a, a sad thing. I, I told Skad mentioned it when we came down here. A sad thing that happened today. So I took. Um, well, I'd planned to take. Gwen and Joey and Liam all to see mm-hmm. Ant-Man. Um, okay. You know, we saw it together, mm-hmm. and I was going to see take them the weekend after it opened, mm-hmm. which, you know, again, we're recording this in early yeah. March, but mm-hmm. uh, but unfortunately, just life got in the yeah. way. Mm-hmm. And then today, Joey sends me a text. Gwen had a friend over, and so mm-hmm. she was like, I'm not going to go because we're working on homework, mm-hmm. which is fine. She's been kind of, like, she'll go along because she, you know, likes movies here and there, but yeah. she isn't super invested in the Marvel right, yeah. universe yeah. at all. Not an addict or anything. Yeah, not not at all. And uh, Joey sends me a text, and he's like, what time are we leaving for this movie? And I said, uh, 1 o'clock. Is mm-hmm. it 1.30? He's like, okay. He says, well, can we leave at 1.15 so we can skip the credits? Or not the credits, but the um, skip the previews. Yeah. And I was like, well, we normally get like popcorn and stuff yeah. there, uh, so we'll probably have like 1.10, and he replies, fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then a little bit later, he's like, how long is this movie? Uh-huh. <laughs> and so I tell him what time we're going to be home, and I tell him that. And uh, then he he comes out of a uh, you know like he was watching TV in the other room and comes out and ask another question or two. You know that like clearly it was like he wasn't wanting to do right. This. Yeah, this is not this is like a hassle versus yeah. like a fun thing. Exactly. Yeah. And so I was like, if you don't want to go, you don't have to go. Uh-huh. Um, and he's and I, I think I made a comment about like I think he could tell that I was a little bit. Mm-hmm. off but you yeah. know by mm-hmm. it and uh, i was like yeah just it's like it's it 
I'm seeing here that like he hasn't like we watched another episode of Miss Marvel the other night and we had we're halfway through one episode and we finished that and then I was like, Oh, can we watch another? He's like, No, well, that's mm-hmm. it for tonight. Yeah. And I was like, It's clear that you're just not that into this stuff anymore, yeah. um, because you're not into that and mm-hmm. I was like, It's just disappointing and he said, You're disappointed in me? I was like, No, I'm just <laughs> disappointed that there's this thing that we used to connect over yeah. that you no longer care about. Uh-huh. And I don't know, it just was like I felt real sad about it. Yeah. <laughs> like I had to run to Sam's Club or something. And I was just feeling like cats in the cradle or some shit going on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, we, we never had, like, obviously we've always had a close relationship, but uh-huh. that whole thing of like, I'm not ready for my, you know, uh-huh. kid. Little boy, to, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like Gwen's always kind of, you know, he's been very independent since she's yeah. little. What's the word? Like gone to the beat of her own drummer. Yeah. Um, yeah kind yeah. of a thing. Yeah. And that's fine. And then we, we have a great relationship. Mm-hmm. And, but it's like we've never been people who connected over our shared interests, mm-hmm. uh, whereas Joey and I have had that. And yeah. we, at this point, he's not old enough that he cares about sports at all mm-hmm. and uh, doesn't, of course, have any actual life shit that I care about. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or not that I care yeah, about, yeah. but that I can, re- <laughs> that I can relate to exactly. at this point. Exactly. Does he listens to the podcast, though, right? Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's not like you guys can sit and bond over your mutual hatred of Cooper S. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so we're just in that awkward place uh, where we don't have much, uh, like the things we have in common are becoming less and less. Mm -hmm. And we don't have like any one major shared interest where it's like, I think the Marvel stuff was that up until now. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he's really in anime, which, you know, I've given a try here and there, but he also likes to binge watch. And I just don't have Mm -hmm. the time to sit and watch. I think today his goal is to watch 25 episodes <laughs> oh of uh, One Piece, which is like 20-minute yeah. episodes, but okay. still, it's well, like still, yeah, four it's... or five hours worth yeah. of a show. I just don't have the time for it. Yeah. And so, and these shows have been on. Like, hell, One Piece has been on for like 30 years. Oh, wow. And Naruto, I think, is the same kind of thing. So they have these <laughs> enormous <laughs> libraries mm-hmm. um, that, again, I just don't have. Mm-hmm. I, I can there's... barely get into a show that has 12 episodes that mm-hmm. have <laughs> been <laughs> released. <laughs> so, yeah. But, yeah, I kind of... Kind of coming to the conclusion that I was like, yeah, I guess from now on I'm just going to have to relate to Brent and Ski when it comes to this Marvel stuff. Mm. Um, yeah. So, you know, Sophia's Choice One Piece is next, right? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just... Uh, Fuel for the rest of our lives. 1,050 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but anyways, so that was my little, you know, mildly sad story for uh, hmm. the day. It was a little bit sad. Yeah. So. I know Ski has some job news and whatnot, but maybe we can save that to pad out yeah, for we'll, a future episode. Yeah, we'll do episode. that later. Okay. okay. It's a little happier, though. So. Okay, good. Very nice. I'm well, again, I, and I told Joe, he even sent me a text. Uh, he was like, I'm sorry if I upset you, mm-hmm. um, and I'm sure we can find other things. And I replied, I was like, I have nothing to be sorry about. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just growing and getting interested in new things. That's totally mm-hmm. fine. Letting does, your dad down and breaking his heart. That's right, all you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, tell your mom I love her. <laughs> and, um, but, uh, I'm glad like, you took the high road. I'd have been like, new phone, who dis? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of wish I would have done that because that would have been funny. <laughs> but, Did you notice his cool shirt too? Oh yeah, very nice. It's a yeah. like a button-up shirt that has yeah. uh, some uh, Captain various, America. Yeah, yeah. Multiple. Are they different Captain America shields yeah, or just different one. shades of it? And oh. it's actually just like. Oh, is it inside out or is it intentionally? It's intentionally like oh, okay. it's the thing, but then like they put the buttons so it becomes inside out. Oh, so very nice. See through. Oh, that's that is cool, cool looking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess there are different. They're not all identical. That's well, a very cool shirt. I like yeah, it. Yeah, thank you. Very neat. Kind of a cool concept. Besides, yeah, yeah, I like it. So I think this episode is 
properly padded. Hey. <laughs> so, 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 Brent, whenever you're ready, take it away. He's going to over-deliver, remember. So, I am. That's right. We may be over-padding. Over exactly. Uh, so, Golden Girls Season 7, Episode 6, Motherload. And before we start, I'd just like to say that this might end up being my longest recap ever. Nice. I guess that's partly decided during the editing process, but this might be a contender. And long, long story short, I hope you packed a snack. <laughs> I'm sure you're not going to compete with like Ski's longest or anything like <laughs> no, that. No, I'm just saying me personally. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> sometimes you make fun of me for you know my brevity. Mm. You know, because I mean, the not as much as Lena lunch. does. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, so this this was another episode directed by Alex Basaris. And as Ski points out, whenever we have a Lex Basaris episode, uh, the director's name is an anagram for Lax Asses Rip. <laughs> I do always point that out. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Ski has a unique mind. <laughs> uh, the episode was written by a no, Jerry. Oh, go ahead. He has a unique mind. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> uh, it was written by Jerry Perzigian and uh, Don Siegel. Um, I asked Ski before we hit record what their names were an anagram for. And he offered up Ed Juringly prizes a groin. <laughs> I've said it before and I'll say it again. He has a unique mind. Yeah. <laughs> Strangely, it's spelled the same as unique. Right. <laughs> Just all in the pronunciation. Right. Uh, so this episode originally dropped on October 26th, 1991. Oh. And if you're curious about what happened on that date in history, you're in luck. Because your local library has a wealth of information available to you. Good luck, folks. <laughs> unless, unless, of course, you live in Florida and you're interested in learning about what the whites have done wrong on October 26th. <laughs> in which case, you're SOL. <laughs> well, you could possibly fish it out of the fire pit. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I will say, I don't know if he'll ever listen to this in the future, but just 21 short years later is when Brooke Joey was born. Oh, nice. The person who just broke my heart today. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I call irony. Very nice. <laughs> so at the risk of putting your local librarians out of a job, though, I would like to provide a bit of history about October 26, 1991. And honestly, I'd like my esteemed co-host to be complicit in this. Okay. <laughs> that seems like an odd intro. Yeah. I'm curious now. Well, I, now I'm just kind of wondering what kind of uh, racist, homophobic stuff is about to come from Brent's mouth that he's demanding our complicity. <laughs> no, no, just, your complacency. I just, I just want your opinions. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> so I'm going to provide the two of you um, with the names of four songs okay. that were number one on the charts. And I'd like you to rank your personal top three. Oh, all right. And this so, is from 91? Yep, October 26, 1991. Um, you know, there's assorted charts, you know. Um, sure. And so these were four songs that were number one on assorted charts. Okay. And I just want your top three. Like, which one would you get rid of? Like, okay. which do you not feel is worthy of being So, So do I need to rank them one, two, three? or I, if... I ranked them, but okay. just... I'd as be nice long if... as we know which one's getting cut out, exactly. that's the most important part. Exactly. Okay. Um, so the number one alternative rock song for that week was Red Hot Chili Peppers' Give It Away. Okay. Um, if you guys don't remember that one, it includes the following lyrics. <laughs> what I got, you got to give to your mama. What I got, you got to give to your papa. What I got, you got to give to your daughter. You do a little dance, and then you drink a little water. What <laughs> I got, you got to put it in you. What I got, you got to put it in you. What I got, you got to put it in you. <laughs> Reeling with the feeling, don't stop, continue. I realize I don't want to be a miser. Confide with Sly, you'll be the wiser. Young blood is the loving upriser. How come everybody want to keep it with the Kaiser? <laughs> give it away, give it away, give it away now. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. I can't tell if I'm a kingpin or a pauper. Greedy little people in the sea of distress. 
keep your more to receive your less. Unimpressed by material excess. Love is free. Love me. Say hell yes. Lowbrow, but I rock a little know-how. No time for the piggies or the who's gal. Get smart. Get down with the powwow. Never been a better time than right now. Bob Marley, poet and a prophet. Bob Marley <laughs> taught me how to off it. Bob Marley, walking like he talk it. Goodness me, can you see I'm going to cough it? Give it away, give it away, give it away now. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. Oh, oh, yeah. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. My mom, I love her because she loved me. Long gone are the times when she scrubbed me. Feeling good, my brother going to hug me. Drinking my juice, young love chug-a-lug me. Ah, uh, there's a river born to be a giver. Keep you warm, won't let you shiver. My heart is never going to wither. Come on, everybody, time to deliver. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. 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 When? Shit, I lost my place. <laughs> Start over. <laughs> Once more with feeling. <laughs> so that's your first option. Okay, well, two thoughts on that song, just in a general sense. Uh-huh. Okay. A, um, I hope that we don't get a ding by anybody for, you know, actually saying more of a song. <laughs> I think it has to be sung, actually. Oh, okay. All right, so we're good there. Yeah, I think you actually have to be... Like yeah. a, the tune itself and stuff. Yeah. And secondly, how Anthony Kiedis never was poet laureate, I'll never understand. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nicer though, don't you think, if instead they said, uh, "What I got, you gotta give or hug and kiss me." Yes. <laughs> 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 you recognize what that's from, right? No, I don't. Really? It, not. That's from The Simpsons. Oh, is it? Yeah, the <laughs> Red Hot Chili Peppers were gonna uh, be on Krusty Clown show. Oh, okay. They got a special telethon or something, mm. and he goes into it and says, "Hey, there's some stuff about your lyrics." And at first, they're like, "Hey, man, we're not into any censorship stuff. You can just take that and cram it up your butt." And then he suggests, it, "Like, you know what? That does make it nicer for everybody." <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I don't remember that one at yeah. all. Um, I'll have to look that one up. But. That's pretty good. I thought you picked it up yeah. for sure. The only reference I know from The Simpsons is like, bring out Chili Willy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the number one dance track that week was uh, C.C. Peniston, Finally. And that's the one that includes the lines. Finally, it has happened to me right in front of my face, and I just cannot hide it. Finally, it has happened to me right in front of my face, and I just cannot hide it. I don't know if I can be complicit if this is going to happen four times. (laughs) (laughs) Meeting Mr. Wright, the man of my dreams, the one who shows me true love, or at least it seems, with brown cocoa skin and curly black hair. It's just the way he looks at me, that gentle, loving stare. Finally, it is happening to me. <laughs> Finally, it is happening right in front of my face, and I just cannot hide it. Finally, it has happened to me right in front of my face, and I just cannot hide it. All the rest of these have abridged versions of the words. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I just couldn't figure out which lines to cut from Give It Away. Yeah, well, they're all gold. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so the number one R&B song uh, was Boys to Men. It's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. That was a damn good group of uh, number one so yeah. far. So that one was a, as a hit maker. Yeah. That toe tapper includes the lines, uh, <laughs> how do I say goodbye to what we had? The good times that made us laugh outweigh the bad. Which kind of reminds me of like this podcast and the pun death list from last <laughs> week. <laughs> 
And then finally, um, your fourth option, um, for October 26, 1991, the number one song in the UK that week was uh, Brian Adams, Everything I Do, I Do It For You. Um, that one comes from Dances With Wolves or Bull Durham or one of those movies where you see Kevin Costner's One of those, buns. yeah. <laughs> Maybe the one that you didn't mention. <laughs> <laughs> Like Alan appreciated my joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so and that goes something like this, you know. Look into my eyes, you will see what you mean to me. Search your heart, search your soul. When you find me, then you'll search no more. And then it goes on about how it's not worth trying for and it's not worth dying for and mm -hmm. yada yada yada. And how everything he'd do, he'd do it for you. Okay. So those are your four options. Mm. Um man. So which one, like if you had Oof. your top three? That's a like, much. This is a much harder thing than I thought it would be. Honestly, it really is. Like, because I didn't realize you'd have four that I mean are pretty like. I mean, granted, you know, you think number one almost emblematic yeah. of our childhood. Yeah, well, yeah. a lot of times too, especially when you get into the other charts. Exactly, they may be things that were number ones that weren't really pop hits. Yeah, uh, and all these were pop hits exactly. um, at different times. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I think. You want me to give you my list while you're. I've already Come decided what I would uh, what I'll what capitulate if he wants to go first. All right. I mean, I, I know I have my list here, but uh, whoever wants to go first is fine. Okay. Well, I had Chili Peppers and then Brian Adams and then C.C. Peniston. Okay. Who did you have, Ski? I actually dropped C.C. Really? I, uh, I went, uh, I would go, I think, Boys to Men, then Chili Peppers, and then Brian Adams. Okay. Well, I went uh, Boys to Men, mm -hmm. and then uh, I can't remember what the name of the person is, but uh, finally, mm -hmm. and then uh, then everything I do, and mm -hmm. then I drop Chili Peppers. I fucking hate that song. Really? <laughs> I, I, I've never enjoyed it more than I did today, though. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess I can see. I guess I can see why we're different. Our lists are different, or whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, because you two are, you know, Catholic and turning boys to men is part of your ethos. Ah, <laughs> that, uh, the whole joke. You're just counting. Is that just the whole that we wouldn't whole drop that? <laughs> I knew you guys would I think that means that you also acknowledge it's a better song than whatever was in your fourth place. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, I wouldn't listen to that song. Over what was your fourth place one? I mean, what was your third place one? Um, C.C. Penison. You hate that song. You hate it so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. Yeah, I don't like that. I mean, do you not like Boys to Men in general? They're okay. I'm mm. indifferent towards them. Okay. I think that I think ninety percent of white people like that song is just for the video. Okay, I, I don't think I've ever, ever seen, seen the, the video. video. Really? Yeah. And oh. I was. For a second, I thought you said, I think the reason 90% of white people <laughs> <laughs> don't like that song. I realized I've done studies. 90%. I, I realized after the fact that you said why people like that song. <laughs> <laughs> Not that 90% of white people like that song. <laughs> I was like, well, I don't know. Then does that mean it's racist then? But yeah. yeah. No, I think it's a fine song and everything. I just, I don't know. It's not just like for you. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Alan, the 10% of, of white people that don't like it really believe it's hard to say goodbye to yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> <apparently>. <laughs> the yeah. good old days, <laughs> right. as it were. Did you guys see that thing with from Brian Cranston saying that uh, about how yes. make America great again? You know, could be construed as a racist comment. Yeah, yeah. So. I saw the headline. I didn't pursue the article. I mean, it was his point was valid. Um, mm -hmm. I, I I liked it. And I like Brian Cranston yeah. in general. I think he has a good head on his shoulders. Mm -hmm. Anyways, we won't get political, though. We've yeah. been political in the past. We have been. 
right, so act one, okay? Uh, <laughs> the episode starts with Dorothy in the process of making dinner and then retroactively asking Sophia what she'd like. Uh, kind of seems like the horse has left the stable at that point. Yeah. Uh, Rose enters the kitchen and announces that she received a telephone call from local newscaster Jerry Kennedy. He's going to stop by to pick up his daily planner. Apparently, Rose took it by mistake. I'm not sure if it counts as identity theft, but she did use it to finagle a little handball with Walter Cronkite. Mm -hmm. uh, she then told the other Goldens about how Walter Cronkite looks like her previously mentioned celebrity crush, Captain Kangaroo. Mm. You know, yeah, she did say she liked it. That's right. right. You know, Walter Cronkite, Captain Kangaroo, Miles, Arnie. Rose definitely has a type. <laughs> uh, Blanche gets excited that Jerry Kennedy is stopping by, and she goes to freshen up. Uh, while she's away, Rose says that she's looking forward to spending time with Jerry. She's participating in a roast and is in the market for mockable material. Mm -hmm. uh, the doorbell rings, and the Goldens assume it's Rose's anchor. Turns out it's Dorothy's. So did you say she's in the market for mockable material? I did. So that would be mockable? Um. So Stanley tells the Goldens that he's in therapy and that he's rapidly becoming a new Stan. Uh, this gives us a bit of who's on first with Sophia that I kind of liked. Uh, Stan tells Dorothy that he's going to therapy to get over her and Sophia. Sophia says to go around her, it's quicker. That's probably my favorite line of the episode. That was a pretty good one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dorothy tells Stan that she'll consider joining him in therapy, but she needs to sleep on it. Stanley exits as Jerry arrives. So Jerry is played by Peter Graves, uh, the poor man's Leslie Nielsen. Uh, to be fair, though, they could have gone with Robert Stack, the poor man's Peter Graves. As a, <laughs> as a side note, within the Venn diagram of Peter Graves, Leslie Nielsen, and Robert Stack, I do wonder where we'd place Lloyd Bridges. I suppose some mysteries are too great even for me. <laughs> uh, Jerry's in the process of collecting his planner when Blanche makes her triumphant return to the living room. Uh, while she was away, uh, she changed clothes, and now she's gussied up like one of those Kansas City whores Ski won't stop talking about. I talk about them all the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, that actually, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, that was actually one of my favorite lines of the uh, uh, episode is uh, he's, he's the newscaster's out there, and she walks out in her little fancy dress. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's like, oh, I feel so embarrassed in this little, this, this little old thing. Uh -huh. And Sophia comments, like, don't worry, the dress covers most of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I love that line, too. That's, that's I think that's my, my favorite, favorite line of the episode. Uh, so Blanche tells Jerry that she loved the piece he did on the homeless. Uh, Jerry says that he'd have won a Peabody if he'd refrain from calling them bums. Uh, little does he know, he'd have also won the lottery if he'd asked one of those brothers to lend him their coat. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Jerry tells the Goldens that he needs to skedaddle, and this confused me because of the context. Uh, my initial thought was that Jerry was referring to skedaddle, you know, the children's game show that aired for six weeks back in 1988. That was one with a group of kids, one known as the Sludge Puppies and the other known as the Draniacs, played a version of Hot Potato while answering questions and winning prizes. I mean, that seems like a good, I mean, I figured that's what it was, but yeah. now you're going to tell me it's not. What else no. could it be? <laughs> so, it didn't quite click, so I figured maybe he was making a reference to the Skedaddle Mountains. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the mountain range in southeast Lassen County, California. The tallest peak in this range is Hot Springs Peak, which, as structural geologists know, is 7,654 feet tall, or as I like to think of it, 1,312 Dorothys. Mm -hmm. Well, um, in fairness, I mean, I know you said geologist, but I think the average man knows that, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that 
didn't make any sense either. So then I started to wonder if maybe he was making reference to Skedaddle Gold. That's the 1927 silent film directed by Richard Thorpe, who'd later find greater success in the talkies by directing Elvis in both Jailhouse Rock and Fun in Acapulco. Wow. Yeah. Of course, that didn't make much sense either. So I thought some more, and maybe it was a reference to Charlie Skedaddle. Uh, That's the 1987 children's book about the little boy who just wanted to be like his big brother who was killed in the Battle of Gettysburg. (laughs) But upon further reflection, that didn't make any more sense than the other options, but it did get me thinking about the Civil War, and that's when I realized he was probably referring to the First Battle of Bull Run. That was the first major skirmish in the Civil War, and after the Confederate victory, the Union soldiers had had to make a disorderly retreat. This anarchic retreat was known as by Southerners as the Great Skedaddle. Ah. <laughs> so, of course, once I settled on Skedaddle uh, being a reference to a quick or hurried departure, I realized my mistake. People these days don't say skedaddle as much as they used to. Language changes, and instead of using the antiquated skedaddle, we're much more likely to use its modern equivalent, 23 skidoo. Yeah. <laughs> modern equivalent. Yes. <laughs> I hate to tell you though. I mean, I, that was a long way to get to that joke. I uh, I, I, I imagine you thought of twenty three to do first, and then you worked your way backwards, reverse engineered to get to that joke. So I mean, I ironically said that I. What else could it mean? Because really, he's talking about skis daddle. That's, that's, that's you know his special word for yeah. our time together. <laughs> Missed opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so while I was trying to decipher what Jerry meant by skedaddle, uh, Jerry and Blanche were making plans to do some day drinking. Hmm. Uh, they made plans to meet up at 2.30 the next afternoon, and in the spirit of solidarity with Blanche, I'd just like to sit here on 2.30 tomorrow afternoon before resuming my recap. Uh, you think she's hoping to play with his daddle? <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> So I think that um, you know hanging out until two thirty is definitely going to help this make this my longest recap. Yeah. <laughs> Unless of course Alan's a coward during the editing process. <laughs> I doubt that this computer has enough memory space <laughs> for like a twelve hour whatever yeah. it would be um, a session that we'd end up with here. But um, yeah. there were a couple things in there that I think I noticed that mm-hmm. a couple lines that I enjoyed. Yeah. A ski uh, ski already mentioned my favorite one of the at least of that portion. Um, Mm-hmm. But I know that there was a there was a, a line early on when she was talking about how he left his planner. I mm-hmm. mean, they had become friends at this point, yeah. and she said, uh, "I believe it was Sophia said, why not uh, tease him about his taste in friends?'" Yeah, yeah that was a good line too. That was solid. Um, and then going back also to the very beginning, where Dorothy was asking uh, Sophia about what to eat, mm-hmm. and she said something that she'd be able to chew, mm-hmm. and I thought she said, "I'll start soaking the cornflakes now." Yeah, <laughs> uh, that was solid as well. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, and there was a when Stan was talking about his psychiatrist, mm-hmm. he said he was paying him 110. Or I think Dorothy said like 100 for 100 an hour, and he corrected her to say yeah, 110. Was, yeah, because the guy's got that little beard and everything. Uh-huh. So yeah. I thought that was solid too. Yeah, so I think those are the best lines that uh, were either skipped over, or, mm-hmm. you know, kind of summarized. Yeah. So gotcha. Did you have anything else, Ski? No, you got all of them. I think. Good cool. deal. Uh, uh, so Blanche returns from her date and isn't shy about sharing details. Uh, Rose isn't picking up what Blanche is putting down, but it's cool because Dorothy speaks slut. <laughs> uh, the doorbell rings, and it's assumed Jerry's come back for seconds. Turns out, though, it's his 74-year-old mother, Millicent. Uh, she's none too pleased with what Blanche is doing with her 65-year-old son. I can see why Millicent and Jerry are so close. They grew up together. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Uh, we cut to Stan and Dorothy in the psychiatrist's waiting room. After a brief back and forth, we enter the psychiatrist's consultation room. It's a standard therapy room except for the red traffic cone on his desk that's been covered by a monkey puppet. It's an intriguing detail, and I really wish we'd learn more about it. Oh, well. <laughs> Hopefully. Guess, maybe, yeah. maybe one day. Yeah. Some mysteries are just best left unexplained, I guess. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, once they begin their session, it's revealed that Stan's not looking for closure. He's looking to reconnect with Dorothy. After a bit of discussion, it's revealed that Stan's quote-unquote neurotically obsessed uh, with Dorothy because of how much he wants Sophia's love. Dorothy says that she'll try to get Sophia to attend the next session, and with any luck, they could put Stan's mother fixation to bed. You know, before we wrap this scene, I need to point out that Stan's psychiatrist is played by Steve Landisberg, who, for my money, is the most handsome man to ever appear on The Golden Girls. You can keep your Clooney's and your Dooley's. When it comes to animal magnetism, Landisberg <laughs> has them all beat. Uh, we cut back to the Golden. Even Burt Reynolds? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> Steve hmm. Landisberg. That's a handsome man. I'm not afraid to admit that. Um, so we cut back to the Golden's palace and Blanche defending Jerry's masculinity. Uh, she claims he isn't just a mama's boy. He's a quote unquote sensitive to a mother's needs. Considering how Blanche described their lovemaking, it sounds like this sensitivity extends to all women. Uh, Rose hijacks their powwow to try out some material from her upcoming roast of Jerry. Uh, she opens with a bit about Cornish game hens, and personally, I don't much care for it when Rose works blue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rose defends her foul humor by saying there was nothing to make fun foul of Jerry about. Humor. That was good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, she spoke of his brother. She spoke with his brother and couldn't find any material in his public nudity or his chlorophobia. Honestly, running, running scared and naked from a clown would probably make Jerry a candidate for an upcoming edition of Florida Man. <laughs> uh, Blanche announces that Jerry is bringing his mother over for afternoon tea. Uh, she says this will be the perfect opportunity for him to stand up to Millicent in front of Blanche. Uh, Dorothy says that if he can't, then Dr. Halpern might be a good option for the three of them. Of course, if Blanche were to be in a room with Steve Landisberg, she'd forget all about Jerry and maybe even George. <laughs> Uh, Dorothy volunteers that Stan is making great progress with therapy, and she invites Sophia to the next session. Sophia declines, and we cut to Sophia being triggered into visiting Dr. Halperin's office. Dorothy and Dr. Halperin explain to Sophia that they need her help in getting Stan to move on from Dorothy. Sophia says that either he'll move on or she'll pay $400 to have his two legs broken. Mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Halperin explains to Sophia that Stan's issues aren't really about Dorothy, but are related to his need for Sophia's love. Dorothy tells Sophia that if she'll tell Stan that she loves him, he'll leave them alone forever. Sophia says she can't do it, and Dorothy offers her $1,000. Uh, Sophia's no dummy. $1,000 is enough to break Stan's legs twice. And right, yeah, both legs. Yep, and have enough left over for a bonus breakage of either the right or left leg. <laughs> maybe a hand or something. Maybe. <laughs> or maybe a loin of pork. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Celebratory. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Sophia tells Stan that she loves him, but Stan knows when a woman is faking. Mm -hmm. uh, Sophia tells Stan that he cannot blame her. He knocked up Dorothy, sponged money off Sophia and Sal, and was constantly cutting around on Dorothy. But it wasn't all bad, and after reminiscing about Dorothy Michael's birth, golly, what a day, Sophia realizes that she does love Stan. Uh, so she tells him so, and the two of them head over to Lee Ho Fuchs for Chinese. <laughs> uh, the final scene involves the Goldens having tea and sponge cake with Jerry and Melissa. As a treat for the ASRMR viewers, uh, the Golden spend a little extra time finding ways to say the word moist. Uh, Blanche offers Jerry a slice, and he says his girdle can't, isn't conducive for seconds. There's definitely a Seymour Agnes vibe to Jerry and Melissa's Oh, yeah, for sure. 
Finally, after a few rounds, uh, Melissa and Blanche have it out, but there's no real winner because Jerry uses that opportunity to finally stand up to Mother. He tells her that he's a grown man and he's going to date whomever he wants to date. He then storms out to have some new adventures with old Christina, and Melissa... Millicent chases after him with as much speed as a 74-year-old can muster. Uh, Blanche decides that there are other fish in the sea and then heads down to Hernando's Hacienda to find her next bad hombre. Mm -hmm. And while Sophia closes out with her final slut-shaming comment of the night. All right, very nice. Um, Well, go ahead. If I don't take any time to expand on this, Uh it still ranks as one of your shorter... um, Really? (laughs) 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 It was just fast. So you're saying our listeners are going to be able to skedaddle? (laughs) They could, yeah. (laughs) I mean, they may be impressed with the fact that you were able to do half an episode with only one breath. (laughs) 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 But still, um, they they can head on out right now if they want to. Well, but they probably at least want to hear... You know, a few mm-hmm. extra lines that we ski Did and you have I a few? That, oh, I've yeah. got a few that I was going to bring up, but yeah. I'll let you. I didn't, didn't spend all those years practicing the rhythm method without right. <laughs> <laughs> learning no how to control to, my breath. Yeah. I was going to say, no, when to pull out. <laughs> um, anyways, well, there was a part early on in that scene um, uh-huh. where I think I, the, oh, what was the newsman's name again? Jerry. Jerry. Uh, he was starting to quote part of what he said, and uh, uh-huh. Sophia says, from the pit of my stomach to the porcelain of the bowl. Yeah. Um, oh, that was funny. And then Dorothy covered her mouth, but I don't know what she would have followed that up with. So oh, I, I would have liked to have heard what she was going to finish it. But uh, mm-hmm. And then, of course, he did his uh, his catchphrase, and it says, and remember, wherever there's news, I'll be here. Uh-huh. <laughs> I like that as well. Yeah. Let's see. There's a couple others. Um, I did like the bit, like... You know, he was definitely one of the, like a clueless type news anchor, you right. know, not too bright or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did like the bit where, like, he actually thinks he's been playing handball with uh, Captain Kangaroo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was funny. I, I, you know, honestly, I didn't even put those two things together. Yeah. But yeah, that is pretty funny. Um, but there was also, uh, Rose was talking about some uh, psychiatrist mm-hmm. uh, from, from her town. And I think they were called the Freud brothers, Sigmund and Roy. Uh-huh. Um, but she said that the, you may have read their bestseller. If I have all the cheese I want, why am I still unhappy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a be. fine question for anybody's life. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. Better than that question about who moved my cheese. <laughs> right. <laughs> One of the imponderables, maybe. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Uh, oh, I, I thought, too, I, I liked when Blanche, uh, you know, when Millicent was talking about how Jerry needed his exercise, mm-hmm. and Blanche uh, replies uh, that, uh, <laughs> let's see, yes, he should, uh, or... I'm sure he's getting plenty of exercise. Yes, or and plenty. Yeah, he's getting plenty. I mean, plenty of exercise mm-hmm. with me. Uh, that was solid as well. Um, mm-hmm. So, and then I did think. I know that Brent alluded to the slut shaming, mm-hmm. but it was a good line. It said, "I said it before, I'll say it again. Let's he just heal quicker." Mm-hmm. And that was like in reference to like she just got over him and said, "Well, on to the next one." Yeah, to the hacienda. Um, I wish that she was going to Mr. Ha Ha's Hot Dog Hacienda. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Now, one thing that uh, when they're eating the sp- the, the like sponge it was a gringo cake, night. Mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> the sponge cake, right? They're uh-huh. talking about how yeah. moist it was, right? And so we pops in with like, the tea is also quite moist, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, what? And she's like, what? I can be uncomfortable too. <laughs> I think there's a lot of people that find that word to be bothersome. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't bother me at all. I, yeah. I don't know if there's any word that particularly sounds gross or something. Uh, yeah, but I guess moist is one that a lot of people tend to. 
I don't like anthropomorphic. Oh, do you not? Mm-mm. Okay. Well, good to know. I'll, I'll try not to say that around <laughs> you in the future. Um, uh, well, we did have... Did you have any other lines that I skipped over, No, Steve? you covered a few of the ones I was going to bring up. Okay, good deal. Well, we had uh, some good guest actors in that one. Of course, uh, Herb Elliman playing Stan for his 20... Now, here's the thing. It, it says on IMDb that he has 25 appearances. Mm-hmm. That's a lie, in my opinion, mm-hmm. because they are counting a couple two-part episodes as one episode. Gotcha. Right. So I'm going to say this is his 22nd of at least 26 appearances. Gotcha. Um, Meg Wiley was Millicent. Um, yeah. She was in her fourth of four appearances. Yep. And then as uh, Brent already mentioned, our other couple guest actors, but I'll give them a little more in depth. Uh, mm-hmm. Peter Graves, who mm-hmm. played Jerry. Yep. Uh, 227 titles to him. His mm-hmm. name this is his only Golden Girls. Mm-hmm. Um, he was on 11 episodes of Seventh Heaven, 35 uh, episodes, well, excuse me, 143 episodes of Mission Impossible mm-hmm. um, in the 67 version of it, and then mm-hmm. another 35 mm-hmm. episodes of Mission Impossible in the I think it was 88 to 90, yeah. something so like that. that yeah. yeah, that was a great show. And Both then the, versions. I don't think I've ever watched that that either mm-hmm. either version of that mm-hmm. show, but I definitely recognized him most as the uh, Captain Clarence over um, from Airplanes 1 and 2. Yeah. yeah. So, and I, I do, saw the, the mm-hmm. 80s, 90s of Mission Impossible. It was really good. Oh, did, did you it was a it? TV show, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I believe I did. But he wasn't in the movies at all, right? Mm-mm, no, I didn't see um, it on his page. So. Yeah, his character was played by John Voight in the first one. Oh, okay. And then because he was a little annoyed that like they made his character the villain. Ah, <laughs> fair enough. Um, and then we had, of course, uh, Steve Landenberg. Do you have something else you want to add? Um, I thought about doing a uh, like Six Degrees of Leonard Nimoy, uh-huh. uh, just because of uh, you know Meg was on Star Trek with Leonard, okay, and yeah. Leonard was on Mission Impossible with Peter Graves. And I was like, oh, I bet, you know, there's some way you can connect, you know, Steve Landisberg and the Goldens, the oh, Lenny Moy somehow. More than likely, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but then I was like, oh, no, I'm going to put my money on Skedaddle. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the gold is. Right. I think he did solid with Skedaddle. He, he made a good choice. That's yeah. better than Six Degrees of Leonard yeah. Nimoy. <laughs> okay, a person who has in no way related to the show. <laughs> no yeah. Um, but, yeah, then uh, Steve Landisberg, 99 yeah. titles him. Again, it, IMDb would indicate this is his only appearance, but he does appear in the second uh, mm-hmm. uh, or in another episode. But yeah. So this is his first of two appearances. Mm-hmm. And they're not even... Or actually, in, first of three appearances. They're not even conjoined, say. are they? No. The skip one. Yeah. Yeah, but that it's the skipped one that they count the two-part episode as one. Yeah. Um, oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. So it's three total, yeah. but yeah. not three non-consecutive episodes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, uh, so this is his first of three. 28 um, appearances on Head Case. Which is a show I'd never heard of, but wasn't all that long ago. Uh, but of course, I would say best known for 124 episodes of Barney mm-hmm. Miller yeah. as a Detective Sergeant Arthur Dietrich. Or is that right, Dietrich? Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yep. Um, and of course, that's the uh, same show that a very recent other guest actor was on with Hal Linden. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Um, but anyways, it was a solid, yeah. solid group of, uh, of guests on that show. Yeah. In this episode. Yeah. He's really good, Steve Landisberg. Mm-hmm. He gets my MVP award. Oh, does he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like jumping the gun, but all right. Yeah, <laughs> I feel ruined now. <laughs> See, I couldn't, I couldn't give it to him. Um, really? Yeah. What line of his was bad? I just hated his character so much. Really? For, for being so, I guess I've just gotten jaded with my wife being a therapist and uh-huh. seeing all the things he does wrong and knowing how appalled Jerry would be by it. It, <laughs> it appalled me a bit too. <laughs> 
in all seriousness, like, do you really think Stan's going to pick a reputable one? <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair point. Yeah, I mean, he's paying ten bucks more at a session, and also to the fact that the session was beard. like five minutes. <laughs> yeah, which is typical the other time too. Yeah. I just think Stan's going to gravitate towards a shyster. That, that's fair. I'll definitely grant you, that. He probably met the dude at a bar or something. Mm. Well, and he shaved the beard. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, so he shouldn't. He get should, the... Yeah, he should get down to hundred bucks now. <laughs> but I gave mine to Blanche. I thought she had a good mm. episode. I liked the way that she fought for her man, but then immediately moved on after he <laughs> <laughs> kind of went, went another direction. Yeah. So, um, Ski, who got your MVP? I think I went Blanche as well. Well, sorry to the sorry to the good psychiatrist, but I guess. Uh, oh no, it's okay. It's, <laughs> he's got two more victories ahead of him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know for sure if he even appears in the second half because I haven't gotten to that one yet. <laughs> yeah, <that's> um, true. <laughs> so, anyways, but uh, so how many slices of cheesecake did this episode earn for you, Ski? I think I think I gave it five and a half. Five and a half. I liked it, all right. Uh, it was obviously not a standout, but I thought it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's pretty funny. What about you, Mark? I gave it seven. Seven. Yeah, I thought it was phenomenal. Um, I love pretty much everything Steve Landisberg said, um, and I liked everything that Peter Graves said. Yeah, I thought Peter Graves was a good guest. Yeah, I liked him a lot. Yeah, yeah. Well, I thought neither one of them was in it long enough for it to give it to mm-hmm. to raise the the bar for the episode just yeah. for them, but yeah. I think they were both really good. Yeah. Additions. Yeah, and it's just as far as like straight up acting goes, <clears throat> you know, I thought Meg did a great job as well. Mm-hmm. You know, with her sort of overprotective, you know, like Gerald needs his, you know, whatever yeah. <laughs> exercise. I really liked it. Yeah, I feel like you've talked me up a bit. Um, I, I had given it a six. I'm going to go six point five. Okay. I think that your uh, points are are well made. <laughs> um, that there wasn't enough gravity to the episode for me to go too mm-hmm. much higher than that. Yeah. And the comedy wasn't so stellar that I felt like it. You know, like in Henny Penny, for example, like where yeah. the comedy overruled the lack of gravity. Uh-huh. It didn't quite get to that level, but I think uh-huh. 6.5 is a fair score for me. Okay. Anyway, so this one very well could end up competing near the end of yes. the season. Hope it so. does. Hope it does. But anyways, uh, anything Steve else? deserves it. Anything else to add? Oh, not this week, no. Okay. <laughs> what? Anything else for you, Ski? I think you guys said it all very well. All right. Well, then I hope that everybody heard it very well as well. Time to <laughs> stay golden, Coco. Time to skedaddle. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at sophiaschoicepc. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.